0: Has become a bit of a buzzword today. Uh, probably the origins of that conversation would come uh, in some degree from uh, Leslie Newbegin's writings and then the Gospel in Our Culture Network that sort of emerged out of that, and then Daryl Guder and a group of uh, primarily mainline Protestants wrote kind of a book called The Missional Church, and Daryl edited it, I kind of broke into the conversation. Uh, The words obviously go around before that. It was actually Francis DuBose who wrote a book called God Who Sends in the early 1980s. Didn't get a lot of attention, but he first wanted to use missional the way we use it today. Later, Chuck Van Ingen in the 90s would publish a book called God's Missionary People. So we begin to get a picture that uh, something was going on in the way that we would think. Now really, it's actually not that new in two ways. First of all, churches have been missional long before they came up with a cool word for it. Uh, and secondly, the Missio Dei movement is actually something that came from the mainline missions movement, International Missionary Council, that met in places uh, like, uh, like Edinburgh uh, at the beginning of 1910. Uh, John Armat brought people together for the evangelization of the world in this generation. They formed a... Uh, a continuing committee. They had meetings in, in Jerusalem and then Madras or and, and Willingen. And so they were talking about these issues a long time before it came to the notice of evangelicals. So very much, very much a mainline conversation. But what happened is it's sort of, even mainline uh, people would say, it sort of went off track. And uh, things like the missionary structures of the congregation, there were certain uh, experiments that they tried that didn't work so well. But what happened is, is people like Daryl Guter and others in the missional church said, you know what, there's really important truths here. The church is, by its very nature, uh, missional. God, by his identity, is a missionary God. Uh, and so we begin to see, John 20, uh, John 20, 21 says this, Jesus, after identifying himself as being sent 40 times in the Gospel of John, then says at the end of the Gospel of John, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. So sentness Seems to be a characteristic of the church that's often lost. And it's not so much, people would say later, that the, the church has a mission, but it's God's mission has a church. And so we join in God's mission. We join in Jesus' mission most specifically. So historically, people have been talking about this. There were some there were some missteps along the way. People began to talk about engaging in kingdom work and what that meant, and sometimes kingdom can mean different things. But though so Darrell Guder uh, kind of kind of re-engages the conversation, part of the Gospel and cultural Network, and then others begin to pick it up, and it becomes a distinctly uh, evangelical conversation, to the point where actually some writers were later right, how did evangelicals take over the missional church conversation? And partly is because um, evangelicals, I think, are, we're looking for a way and a place, maybe even space, where they could say, we want to join in a holistic ministry of Jesus. Jesus in Luke 14 comes to s- uh, serve the herding, you know, think about Luke 4, 18 through, uh, through and following to 20, a uh, spirit of Lord is upon me, quoting Isaiah, he has anointed me to, and he talks about the poor and the captive and the blind. And this is very indicative of Jesus' ministry is that he goes to the marginalized at the margins. And so, so there's a sense that, that Christians know, they see that in Jesus and they think, well, maybe we should see that in our churches. And then, but the same Jesus in Luke 19, 10 says, I came to seek and save the lost. And, and so what increasingly Evangelical Christians have kind of come to a conclusion: is, is that we're to join Jesus on His mission. It's, it's, it's the mission of Jesus. It, it includes, if you want to say, you know, you've heard the expression of put two big rocks in and fit the other rocks around them. If there are two big rocks, it is, it is uh, showing the the good news right lived out. The implications of the gospel. They'll see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Jesus said. So it's showing and sharing the good news of the Gospel. And and, in evangelicalism, sharing has been uh, preeminent and prioritized, and there are reasons for that. And I'll I'll explain that in just a minute. Uh, Whereas showing has perhaps been something that, well, that's something the mainliners do because they're not maybe doing the sharing as much as we think they should. Well, I think what we see is when we really look to joining Jesus on his mission, and, and really the evangelical consensus, not unanimous, the evangelical consensus has come to is that the mission, it does include showing and sharing the love of Jesus. It includes Gospel proclamation, and gospel demonstration lived out that as well. And so so and, and and other things as well. So but now that mission is now the mission that the church is given. So the church is given a mission by Jesus to follow Jesus in his mission. John 20:21. 20, Remember, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. So, so now this emphasis sort of come around uh, full circle, an emphasis that you might first hear echoes of in uh, the early 1950s at a conference in Willingen, or even uh, echoes of at uh, 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 Karl Barth, who would write about this decades before, who would say, uh, mission is rooted in the identity of God. Then what would happen is this, is that evangelicals said, they looked to scriptures and said, yeah, you know, this, this, this is right. This is an emphasis we need. And now pretty much any mission study, mainline, Catholic, Orthodox, Evangelical, all would say that mission is rooted in the identity of God himself. So when we study the attributes of God, he's holy and he's righteous and he's merciful and he's loving. He is a sender, has to be part of that identity. Uh, so God is a sender by nature. He sends the Son, he sends the Spirit in the Son's name to empower the church that is sent by the Son for the Son's work. And so the church then, it too is sent, right? The, the kingdom of God births the church in its wake. The kingdom of God births the church in its wake. It's not here to be a distributor of religious goods and services. where well, you come to our church and you can be attracted to it and we'll, we'll give you things that make you feel religious and happy. But it itself joins Jesus on his mission into context and community showing and sharing the love of Jesus to a, to a broken and lost world. The world's broken, so we show the love of Jesus to it by, by mending the wound, by carrying and standing in the broken places. The world's lost, so we share the love of Christ. We, sh- we, we share the gospel with those who are without. And in doing so, we're ultimately joining Jesus on his mission. And I know some objects say, well, you know, you know, our mission is not the same as Jesus. No, no, you, God didn't call you to die on the cross for the sins of men and women. But he did call you to listen to your Savior, who said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. In the same way, not for the same purpose, Aute in the original language. So he sends us in the same way. So as the Father has sent Jesus, Jesus has sent us, and the Father has sent the Spirit to empower the church so that it might go forth in Jesus' name, showing and sharing the love of Christ. That's, in a nutshell, being a missional church.